Welcome to the College Call. This podcast is an offering of the Acts 8 movement, proclaiming resurrection in the Episcopal Church. My name's Holly Powell, and I'm a layperson and a member of Christ Church Cathedral in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Brendan O'Sullivan Hale, and I am also a layperson, and I'm a member of the Episcopal Church of All Saints in Indianapolis, Indiana. Holly, can you hear the helicopter outside my window? No, are they coming for us? Probably. <laughs> huh. I don't know. Maybe it won't come through on the uh, on the recording, but it's kind of loud. Huh. I can't hear it from here. Yeah. I can see it on my audacity. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway. I used, I used to live near a, um, a prison. Yeah. Uh, not super near, but close enough that whenever somebody would walk away, because it was like a minimum security, there would be helicopters. So I just got used to the sound of them. Right. And then when I moved here, I was like, wow, it's really quiet here. Oh. (laughs) Well, anyway, this show is not about helicopters, but it is about the intersection of liturgy and life, as seen through the lens of the collects in the Book of Common Prayer. Now, collect is kind of a funny-sounding word, but it's spelled like collect, as in you might collect cosmetics made from pumice, including anvil pumice soap, volcano foot mask, Biotherm body sculptor, and the creative four in one foot rubbing stone foot. <laughs> so it's shaped like a foot. No, it's not. Oh. Well, then yeah. what? <laughs> what? I, 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 uh. I think I'll have to tweet a picture of this. It, yeah. it's, it appears to be pitched to like Chinese foot massage places. And the product uh-huh. is named in sort of broken English. Oh, okay, okay. But it's got like a pumice stone on it, and it has a brush, and it's got, I don't know, some other pedicuring stuff. Hmm. Intriguing. Yeah. And yeah. why, Brendan? Why would we be collecting things about pumice this week? Well, we would be doing that because pumice is essentially cooled down volcanic ash. Uh-huh. Actually, I don't think that's technically correct. I think that's it's the hardened lava. But but close enough. We're we're talking about Ash Wednesday this week. <laughs> yes, we are. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know. did talk about Ash Wednesday last year. And uh, the episode last year, we were talking about the collect of the day, but there actually is a second collect that shows up in the service, which is used right before the imposition of the ashes. That's the, that's the one we're going to read today. Is this a collect or is it a prayer? It is written in the collect form. So we do have an attribution, we have a petition, and we have a mediation. Uh, although, interestingly, the mediation uh, leaves out the Holy Spirit. So this is just about God the Father and God the Son, and the Spirit is off doing something else, probably. Yeah, he's like busy that day or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was curious about that. I thought it was a collect as well, but in the prayer book, it clearly calls it a prayer. Right, so, so a collect is just a subset of prayer. I guess they probably didn't want to say it was a collect in order to avoid confusion with the collect of the day, maybe? Maybe. Hmm. Who could say? 
Well, anyway, should we read it? Yeah. Okay. It's on page 265 of your Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, you have created us out of the dust of the earth. Grant that these ashes may be to us a sign of our mortality and penitence, that we may remember that it is only by your gracious gift that we are given everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Amen. So this collect comes at the point in the service where you are post-sermon after the invitation to observe a Holy Lent, which is interestingly one of my favorite parts of this liturgy. And then this prayer is said right before the imposition of ashes. This is actually an optional point of the service, which I find kind of fascinating because it's the service is called Ash Wednesday, but the whole business of the ashes is entirely optional. Yeah, I noticed that. I've never noticed that before until I was looking at the prayer book before we recorded that. And I saw, so the way you can tell if something is optional is there's a little line in the left margin. Right. And that denotes optionality. (laughs) And I was like, what? Have you ever been to an Ash Wednesday service where they didn't impose ashes? Uh, not me, but I'd be interested to know if any of our listeners have. I have. I guess I can say when I was attending the Methodist church, I went to a church here in town um, a few for a few months in college right before I graduated. Have I ever told this story about this church and, and what ended up happening there? I don't think so. So it was a, a Methodist church that was in walking distance from my apartment, which is why I liked it. But also it was very liturgical, more so than any other church I'd ever attended. And I kind of really dug it. The The priest or the preacher, or whatever, was just seemed to be very into um, observing the liturgical calendar. and And they actually had an Ash Wednesday service, which... I had never been to before as um, the other Methodist churches I'd attended hadn't done that. But at that service, he went through the whole thing, but you didn't have to come forward and and obtain ashes, which I guess you don't have to in the Episcopal church as well. Yeah. yeah. But only a few people did in that service, which made it more obvious. Anyway... When I moved back to Lexington several years later, um, I wanted to go back to that church. I, I wasn't an Episcopalian yet, and I found that the preacher was no longer there because he had left the Methodist church to become a Catholic, <laughs> which, and because he was married with children, couldn't become a priest in the Catholic church, but was, and I think still is, like the family and youth minister for the largest Catholic church here in town. So I I found it interesting that even though um, we both ended up following our liturgical interest in different directions. (laughs) (laughs) So I was checking out the prayer book to see if there were greater explanations of what's actually supposed to be happening at this time. But the prayer book actually has very little in the way of instructions uh, in this service. Like, you know, if you look at the Palm Sunday service, which is right after this, there are a few paragraphs uh, suggesting how you ought to approach the service. The Ash Wednesday liturgy has none of that. So I checked out a couple of supplemental books on this. 
Uh, one of them being Prayer Book Rubrics Expanded by Byron Stuhlman. So there, there were just a couple of interesting things here. First, Byron Stuhlman is all about reminding you several times that this part of the service is optional. I, I think his strong preference is that you don't do it. Uh, because he goes on to say, It should be noted that they are an optional, not mandatory provision in the liturgy. Those who pay heed to the gospel for the day may wish to omit their use or provide basins and towels for worshippers to remove them after the service. Huh. Yeah, so basically he's saying that if you do this and, and you don't provide towels, that you are totally misunderstanding the gospel, which he's kind of got a case there. Yeah, you know, I've always found the gospel, and and to be clear to our uh, listeners, the gospel in this case is Matthew 6, verses 1 through 6, and then 16 through 21. I've always found it an interesting thing to hear right before getting ashes put on your head, as this is Jesus's infamous, ranty, angry speech about... (laughs) When you're fasting, don't go out and and let everyone know that you're fasting and look miserable, but because they have received their reward by getting attention, uh, but but look normal and act happy, and that way you know that you're doing it for the right reasons. <laughs> right, right. So anyway, Stillman notes that you know if you must do this, the ashes are traditionally made by burning last year's palms. Uh, but I, I did check another book that's a little bit more, um, uh, how should I say it, a little bit more on board with the ashes. This is uh, A Priest's Handbook by Dennis Michno. And so he says this about the preparation of, uh, of the ashes. Uh, there are five steps to this, apparently. Mm. Step one, ask the people of your parish to bring in their palms from last year. Oh, sure. (laughs) Sure. Step two. These will naturally be quite dry and should be burned in a safe container outside. They will burn quite easily and furiously. (laughs) Go go on to step three, please. Uh, Step three. After the palms are burned and the ashes have cooled, they need to be put through a sieve to break down the larger particles. Mm, sure enough. Yep. <laughs> and then number four, the ashes should then be ground. A mortar and pestle work quite well into a powder. And step five, the ashes should then be put into a small bowl or other container for imposition. This container should be of such size that it will be easy for the priest to hold in the palm of the left hand while imposing the ashes with the thumb of the right hand. And these instructions are intense. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> Way to demystify the secret process, Brendan. Yeah. yeah. Um, interestingly, though, this book goes on to get something quite wrong uh, about this prayer, though. What's that? It calls it the blessing of the ashes. Oh, oh, I want to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. So tell us why he's wrong. (laughs) Okay. Because we don't bless the ashes anymore because as our friend, Dr. Massey Shepard, oh, no, not Massey Shepard. Why why did I say that? Hatchet, our friend Hatchet points out, we don't bless the ashes in this service. Nope. It's not a thing. It was a thing. 
It was a thing. A couple of reasons that it's no longer a thing, according to Marion Hatchett. One, it seemed to be a late medieval innovation, which I guess maybe we, like, didn't... Guys, let's get away from the late medieval <laughs> times here. Um, that Anglic- the Anglican church and Anglicanism has a strong distaste for blessing objects, of which these are. <laughs> and also that the use of unblessed ashes is a more potent sign of mortality than if the ashes had been blessed and therefore had some sign of sense of holiness attached to them. I, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, I can see it, but I just love... I love the idea of of this being like a, a heated argument. Yeah. <laughs> Should the ashes be blessed or not? Uh, well, well, guys, they were late medieval, and we do not want to be associated with those people. I'll bet there was a knockdown, drag out fight over this. I can only imagine that there was. Uh, but yeah, so so actually, the history of this collect is that it came from the the serum missile, and and it was clearly a sign. Uh, it was clearly a prayer to bless the ashes, and it says, in fact, you know deign to bless these ashes which we will put on our heads as a token of humility and, and for the obtaining of pardon and oh, that's what the ashes were blessed for that's true that's true good point point. and so um the the prayer was modified because obviously in we don't bless the ashes yeah yeah now i find the modification of this prayer or rather the 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 person who modified this prayer <laughs> <laughs> extremely surprising. <laughs> Me too. You want to talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, you were the one who uncovered it. <laughs> you, you talk about it. Okay. The version of, of this prayer that we currently have that we read earlier and have not yet talked about <laughs> was composed by Captain Howard Galley, G-A-L-L-E-Y, a good name for a captain. Yeah. And he was... A captain in the church army, which I find utterly fascinating, is apparently the the Church of England's version of the Salvation Army. And I, I, I looked at the Wikipedia page, and that seems to be a fair characterization. It's an evangelical organization uh, within the Church of England, uh, and it has branches in various other countries as well. And he was quite instrumental in the 79 prayer book revision. And his best-known work um, <laughs> is that he was the composer of Brendan's favorite Eucharistic Prayer C. <laughs> <laughs> it's fascinating to me that that we hadn't come across his name before because uh, doing some research, it seems like he wrote a lot of a lot of this prayer book. I do not remember seeing his name. So, but maybe he didn't have much of a hand in the collects, and he was doing other stuff. That's true. That is true. Because this isn't one of the listed collects. Okay, now I can hear sirens. Yeah, yeah. That's downtown living. <laughs> bad boys, bad boys, <laughs> what you gonna do? Uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah, so this is when when we needed a new version of this prayer. Um, we called on the captain to get us, uh, get us the right version. I will say, though, that... Now that I know that this was written by the same person who composed Prayer C, I can kind of see it. 
uh, and the reason that I say this is that one of the things about prayerse is that it tells the story of creation and salvation from the beginning all the way through. Mm-hmm. And this collect actually does it in a much more abbreviated way. Uh, because he recalls that you have created us out of the dust of the earth. Uh, so that's early on in Genesis that, that we see that. Uh, and then he asks that the ashes may be to us a sign of our mortality and penitence. So he is both observing humanity's fall and need for repentance there. Mm-hmm. And then finally, that we may remember that it is only by your gracious gift that we are given everlasting life through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And so he, he tells us how the story ends, our redemption. So it, it's kind of a very neatly packaged form of the Christian story with an emphasis on dust. That is really well put, Brendan. I hadn't thought about that before, but you're exactly right. I knew I liked this prayer for a reason. <laughs> it's a good prayer. Yeah. I'm going to give it an A. Maybe even wow. an A plus. It's really nice. I'm, I'm going to give it an A. I I wouldn't, you know me. I I do have s- some minimal desire for a little bit f- more evocative language, yeah. but but I think on Ash Wednesday, which is a day of of penitence and of of uh, what is it a day of? <laughs> Well, penitence is fair enough. It's simple. It's to the point. It's great. Yeah. Well, and and now at this point, I am going to completely disagree with Byron Stuhlman, who is all about this section of the the service being optional, because this collect is really excellent. Yeah, I agree. And also, I like wearing ashes. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't know. I mean, maybe it's because I'm going to be smote in heaven but <laughs> i think it's an an interesting way to tell the story of our faith yeah yeah on the topic of penitence i i do want to mention one other thing that the reverend dr massey shepherd jr has to say about lent and this is in his book the living liturgy uh, which was sent to me by listener the reverend dave hedges <laughs> Uh, I've been reading the book, Dave. I promise. Um, <laughs> actually, it's there. There is so much wonderful stuff in here. But Massey Shepherd's uh, chapter on Lent begins. There is a phrase in one of the prayers of the Reverend Henry Sylvester Nash, which ought to be said at the beginning of every service in Lent: "Deliver us from the luxury of cheap melancholy." Mm-hmm. Shepherd goes on to say, how many of our Lenten devotions would survive that searching deprecation? He goes on to talk about the mood of Lent is that, that we need to see penitence as a means to an end and not be sad and penitential for its own sake. I think that is so interesting and such a good point. Yeah. It's not about cheap melancholy. Right, and, and Shepard would argue that it's about preparing ourselves for the joy of the resurrection. Yeah. So, anyway. I'm really so, worried about you, Brendan. I, <laughs> All these helicopters and sirens. Hang on, I'm going to look out the window here. No, I can't see them. I, I, I live one block away from one of the major thoroughfares in town. Got it. So it, it just, that's the way it is. But yeah, okay. there's a lot going on. 
Yeah. All right. Well, is there anything else we want to say about this prayer or about the um, Ash Wednesday in particular? No, I think I'm good. Okay. You know what that means. <laughs> it's time for the Twitter challenge. It's time. All right. Go first. All right. We confess to you and to one another a taste for luxury, caviar, bonbons, lavish bottles of wine, and cheap melancholy. <laughs> Hashtag Ash Wednesday. <laughs> Very well done. Very well done. I, I struck a somber note on this somber day um, by lifting verbatim a piece of one of my favorite parts of this liturgy the litany of penitence Mm -hmm. which i can never say right penitence penitence the litany of penitence (laughs) (laughs) okay here we go restore us O lord and let your anger depart from us favorably hear us for your mercy is great hashtag ash wednesday that's great there's a lot of good stuff in this service we got that we got psalm 51 I know. We got this excellent little collect. We got basins and washcloths at yeah. the ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you would like to um, tweet us about your Ash Wednesday experience, why it's cool or not cool to put ashes on your head and walk around all day long, um, you can find us on Twitter at the Collect Call. Or if you're not a tweeter, you can email us at the college call at acts8, uh, that's the number 8, movement.org. Our parent organization is the Acts 8 Movement, which you can find on the web at acts8movement.org or on Facebook or Twitter at Acts 8 Movement. Our music is Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence by Aaron DeVries, which is distributed under a Creative Commons license, and you can find more of Aaron's music at badgerland.bandcamp.com. And join us next week when we will be talking about a collect for aid against perils. Cool. Dun dun dun. Flash keep silence and with fear and trembling stand. Ponder nothing earthly minded. For with blessing in his hand. Christ our God to earth descended, our full homage to